Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix. Glad you're back with us. We're the show where we watch, review, discuss, sometimes argue about, but try to love every horror movie on Netflix. Try to love. That's what we do. You know, and <laughs> we're I, kind souls. That sets us apart from a lot of movie podcasts. That's it does. important. I mean, our podcast isn't called We Hate Movies, which is a real podcast. Right. We don't hate these movies. And it's I mean, I hate some of them, but I go in with an open heart. There's a lot of bad movies on Netflix, as we found out, but we are not looking I, I for bad say movies. Most of them. We don't want to make fun of bad movies. We are not a bad movie show. We are trying to love these movies. And well, we may be a bad movie show. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. Anyway. Well, this week we're talking about a movie a that tries to love other horror movies. We didn't movies. introduce ourselves. We you did. fucked up bigly. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, who are you? Fine. As always, I'm Chris, here again with Patrick. Hi! Steven. Hello. And our special guest, back by popular demand for a second episode, Sam. Say, you like me, you really like me. Uh, who doesn't like Sam? Uh, you didn't lie. I'm well, back. Sam, we didn't really get into this last time, but you mm. know, this is a horror movie podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody's cut Wait, out for what? this business. Did you know that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I know we told you it was rom coms to get you to come. Every rom com on Netflix. Okay. What you... how you love your Nicholas Sparks? Mm. We need to know your credentials, right? Because we oh. all we've all explained over you know how thirty plus episodes what our relationship with horror is. What's mm. yours? Are you a horror fan? Give us, give us your resume. Oh yeah, your well, CV. As yeah. you know from last. Uh, last episode, I have made a third of a film with these boys here. <laughs> yep. Third of a third of a horror. She's film. a scream queen. Uh, yeah. And you dropped some sick horror movie titles too, in reference to the last oh, movie well, we watched. You. So clearly, you've seen a few. I have seen a few. Um, and I said my my go to sick movie. If you you stay home sick and you, you or you're bored, you know you're flipping through Netflix. What do you turn to? Horror is always my genre. Um, I try to stick to something that I think I'm going to enjoy. I'm not one of those that enjoys, you know, a B-horror film just because it's bad or something that's, you know, not enjoyable. It's not my kind of cup of tea. I try to lean towards something that's actually um, quality, but... I'm uh, I'm up to, place. I I'm up for anything and I thought I'd give this one a shot and I'm definitely trying to find the the positives in every single movie but Wait, what's so your I favorite thought you were movie? I thought you were what's your what's your sick horror movie? What what do you mean by sick? Oh yeah. You were saying if you're like homesick. Oh. I thought you were going for a specific movie. Oh no no no. I I browse through all of the streaming services oh, to find okay. I try to find new things, things I haven't seen before. But my favorite, I really love The Shining. Oh yeah, it's it's probably I've seen that movie like nah, not enough. I could see it a million times and and find more things to love about that one. Um, still find it scary every time I watch it. I just love it. I feel what it. is your what is your favorite and or least favorite movie you've ever horror movie you've ever seen on Netflix? On Netflix. Oh God! Does anything leap to mind? If not, bedeviled. <laughs> yeah, bedeviled. Bedeviled. The last one we watched. Um, oh gosh, 
gosh. Uh, the worst one I've watched is probably the one we're talking about today. Oh, fuck. Uh, that one was pretty bad. Spoilers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, I'm still open. My review is yet to be seen. But the best one... I mean, right now, I really like The Haunting in Connecticut. I don't know if everyone's going to like that one, but I do like a supernatural horror film, and that one is pretty good. Wait, is it The Haunting in Connecticut yes. or A Haunting in Connecticut? It's the. the. Otherwise, we would have watched it already. The. It's okay. The. Unless it was added after we started. Nope. Yeah. It's, but, um, it's The. No, Well, that's good to know, because at the end of the episode today, we are spinning the wheel of death. So next episode, we're going to get to go off of alphabetical order and pick our own Netflix horror experience. Maybe and I'll win for the first time ever. Maybe I'll win for Have the first won? time ever. No, no, you haven't. Okay. No, it's, it's <laughs> been, it hasn't gone our way. No. So we'll, we'll see what the Wheel of Death brings tonight. I mean, presumably death of some sort for uh, someone. For someone. We'll find it out. It won't be but, me. But the movie, yeah, Sam's ineligible because she hasn't signed a contract. Because I'm Jewish and they're anti-Semitic. Truth comes out. <laughs> oh, God. Man. Shots fired. Wow. Woo. Okay. Wow. So, uh, anyway. We're getting into it early this hour. We're getting into it early. All right. Well, the movie we're watching this week is Beyond the Gates. It's another movie by IFC Midnight. These guys are like a bad penny. And I think it's deliberate. I think they put all their movies in the beginning of the alphabet. Deliberately, so I'm with you on all. that. We've talked about it off cast. I think they uh, they're they're angling for our input. Yeah, well, they certainly got it. I don't even want to know how many IFC Midnight movies we've watched so far. I mean, I think they've put out a bunch of shitty horror movies. They're I not think, shitty though. Because I think we're going to be into like PQRST, whatever, and we're still going to be seeing a lot of fucking IFC Midnight. I've said this before, and I'll say it again: when you watch an IFC Midnight movie, you know you're in for something interesting. Hmm. Mm. Maybe not good, but interesting. More interesting than IFC like Midnight a mediocre, done? shitty dead teenager movie. Um, Kill list. <laughs> oh no! no a, a dark song. Ava's possession. Hashtag horror. Anti birth. Anti birth. Yeah. Um. There's more. There's a okay. lot more. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all interesting. At least they're clearly looking for like new and interesting voices. Baskin was IFC Midnight. It was really. Yeah. yeah. So the production values are going to be fine, and it's, yeah, new and interesting voices. Whether or not that's a good or a bad thing with every movie remains to be seen. You think the production value in this movie was good? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. What? Yeah, are you kidding me? I I think it was good enough. We've seen some shit, Sam. I mean, that's true. I mean, (laughs) mean, I've seen some shit, It's better than, like, fucking American Poltergeist 2, but... Well, it's easy to point your finger at American Poltergeist 2 or Haunting at Silver Falls or these, like, super, super, like, these guys just made a movie movies, but even, like, compared to 13 cameras, this movie a good production value. What? Yes. No. Yes. 13 cameras had better production value. 13 cameras were half of their shtick. The half of the reason they they made it about 13 cameras was so they could record it through fucking, like... They were saving money. Surveillance cameras. (laughs) It was a good value. value. No, but there wasn't that much surveillance footage in 13 cameras. Most of it was professionally shot, and it looked okay. This movie is a more professional production than 13 cameras. I think so. I mean, okay, so let's talk about like our initial impressions of... Let's talk about what this fucking movie is about because we haven't even gotten to that yet. I had seen this movie before because I do follow the horror beat and I saw that poster. (laughs) The horror beat. I do. I mean, I read Bloody Disgusting and Dread Central and all this stuff. Mm. And some other websites that haven't paid us money. 
No, yeah. They Shout love, out to you guys. They oh, love Steve, do a quick, do an ad. Do an ad right now for one of those websites. Every morning I get up and I have my coffee and I pop open Bloody Disgusting because I need to know what is bloody and disgusting out there in the world. That's what I live for. It's 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 frankly uh, why I choose to put clothes on before I go out into the world. Okay, guys, I don't want to go to jail, so I got to interject and say we are not being sponsored by any of these companies. How would anybody send us to jail for giving no giving them an advertisement they didn't pay Free for? Because maybe people don't want to be associated with a bunch of anti-Semitic guys on a podcast. <laughs> I well, that. then you haven't read Bloody Disgusting, sir. Wait, um, no, continue, Steve. Now you have to pivot to when you sell the listener on why they should go to Bloody Disgusting. If, like me, you, you have a hard time trying to figure out, you know, why why to stay alive when you wake up in the morning, uh, you should check out Bloody Disgusting. It's going to give you some gore, some thrills, some chills, some spills, some news, uh, maybe even some clues about upcoming films like It Chapter 2. Every time there's a casting announcement, you're going to hear about it first on Bloody Disgusting. Jesus and don't forget Christ. to give the special link or the code that... that Amon. Like- Right. Go to Blood Disgusting, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Amon, E-H-M-O-N. And what are they going to get if they do that? They're going to get free content. I mean, it was free to begin with, but it's it's even, if it's possible for even it to freer. be freer, then it, it's it's freer. It's freer than free. Um, you're you're not gonna be uh, you're not gonna be clutching for your wallet or your credit card when you check out Bloody Disgusting with that code. I'm gonna tell you, uh, it's gonna give you a whole new lease on life. He's doing a great job. Perfect. It's gonna and give you a no results found. Beautiful. <laughs> like, beautiful. I hope I hope potential sponsors hear that and say yes, please. We want that because we are yeah. thirsty for sponsors. And that was totally improv. We gotta. We got Stephen didn't write that. We gotta no get copy. out of potential no sponsors. Copy. No copy. Sweltering apartment. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. so I, what, what I was saying initially, I don't want to hog the mic here, but I knew about this film. I'd seen it because I, I read a lot about horror movies, and I saw this poster and the title, and I knew it was about a, a haunted board game, so we can give listeners some clue as to what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. And I, it's got Barbara Crampton in it, who, you know, I'm a huge Stuart Gordon fan. I've got a, from a Gregory C. Allen, former guest, uh, one of his friends made some caricatures of horror directors. I have a caricature of uh, Stuart Gordon in my apartment right now. He did Reanimator. From Beyond, both starring Barbara Crampton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say, what is Barbara Crampton been? Yeah, she's, I, I, she's kind of a horror queen, a scream queen. She's in a lot of these sorts of movies, especially. I think she's been in maybe a Rob Zombie movie or two. I could mm-hmm. be wrong about that, but she pops up a lot. She's at the conventions. You know, this is her bread and butter. And I thought, with all this combined, that cool 80s looking poster, I'm going to get like a Stuart Gordon throwback, you know, like something from the VHS era of the 80s. Oh, me too. I was stoked on this movie. I mean, you. I think you drew my attention to this uh, a year or two ago. And I was like, this looks great. I love this premise the poster looks great they had really good reviews i was stoked to watch this movie and holy shit was i okay never mind i won't reveal he kind of did i will say i I approached these things with some skepticism because i know that even as far back as you know since not even since the vhs here i mean movie posters are all about selling you something that you may or may not get think back to like william castle and all of his movies with like you know there's going to be a you know you have to or alfred hitchcock you have to be who's william castle william castle did uh um uh macabre and um the Tingler. He was like a stunt film director where he would like, so like for The Tingler, he'd go around the country with these movies and present them. And for The Tingler, he would have like buzzers under the seat that would like, oh, yeah, screen, they made a movie buzzer. about him. What's that movie? I, they made a movie about him, though. Am I right? Uh, I don't 
think yeah, so. Yeah, they made a movie about this guy. There's a movie about a similar guy called Matinee with John Goodman. Oh, that's what I'm but, thinking of. Which I haven't seen, but I really yeah, want to. That's that, what I'm thinking of. Uh, Joe Dante directed it. But anyway, anyway. so I, I approach movies in general, horror movies, with some skepticism because I'm like, well, okay, the cover looks cool, but like, can the movie possibly really look like that? They're selling me on this fantasy mm-hmm. image. I'm not going to reveal how I felt about this movie yet. We'll get to that before our break eventually. But I did go in with some caution and trepidation. I had no preconceived notions. I try to keep myself completely free of knowing anything about these movies, as I've said before, before until I watch them. I don't want to see... I'll see the poster. I'll see the title. I don't want to know the synopsis. I don't want to see a trailer. I want to just go in and let it come to me. I'm the same way. This was sort of the rare one where I actually had some foreknowledge of it because even before Amon existed, which I know is a strange mythological mm-hmm. time that none of us can remember anymore. Um, Who can remember? I I actually did have knowledge of this one and had been excited to see it. So I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah. I get to finally watch Beyond the Gates for the podcast. Sam, did you have any? I had no preconceived. I read the synopsis on, on Netflix and I knew that it was about a, a haunted board game of sorts and I was like, oh, okay, it's a little like Bedevil, the last one that we watched for this and said haunted app, haunted board game, okay. And, you know, I liked the um, the artwork but I wasn't having high hopes um, but I thought that maybe it, it would be okay. It's always interesting when we have two episodes that kind of thematically tie together. Like, you know, we had Backcountry, and then the next movie we did was The Ritual, which are both like Lost in the Woods movies. Camping, yeah. And again, we have two movies that are kind of in the theme of, like, technology of some sort taking you into a a place you don't want to be. So the basic premise is we have two brothers who are estranged, Mm -hmm. and they are reunited because their father has been missing and is presumed dead, and their father owned a video store, a a mammoth, not mammoth video, if anyone remembers that chain, (laughs) but but a, a mammoth video store. Tons of videos, tons of DVDs, and they're there to sort out his affairs, basically, and box up the store. And they f- discover a 80s VCR game. So it's a board game, but you play along with a VCR tape in your TV. Well, they find a key to his private office, which right. he, we learned, was an alcoholic and would spend yeah. a lot of time shut off from the world. And eventually they discover a key to go in there, and they think it might lead to clues of you know what he was thinking, what was happening around the time yeah, he disappeared. They, they're not sure if he's dead or not yet, but they probably assume that. Yeah. And that's where they discover that game, which is like lovingly crafted. like It was handmade for the film. It yeah. looks like something that could have really existed in that era when VHS games were a thing. Yeah. And... One circumstance leads to another. They end up exploring this game, playing the game, and there's a supernatural element to the game that takes them down a path of... Lots of horror stuff happens. Yeah. We'll, we'll just Lots leave it. Yeah, it does, but it takes a long fucking time. You know, the detail I'm hung up on for some reason is you said... VHS and DVDs. Are there DVDs in this store? No, yeah. they make a point to no. say he didn't have a lot of faith in the DVD. But there's he a did. Few, I thought he had a few. There, no, he few. does. But not a lot. He personally didn't have faith in the DVD boom, but the sign that's hanging on the store says like over 10,000 DVDs or something. Oh, you know what? They have DVD movie copies of the Avengers TV lot. series. Yeah, that's the only DVDs I noticed. And why I noticed that detail. I'm like, when I look at like packaging mm. of like shelving units, especially because I just moved recently, 
I always look at, they always have like, you know, shit on the shelves to show mm-hmm. you like what it would look like with your CDs and like we have those anymore in books and stuff. And I'm always like, I want to see what they put on there to try and make it look cool. And I always look at the title. So when I see a movie like this, that's like, you have scenes that are like wall to wall VHS movies. I'm like trying to scan everything oh, yeah, to see too. what I can find. Most of it unrecognizable. A lot of it is just like tapes that like like tapes that you can buy to record things off TV that have like the handwritten label on them. Yeah. But I noticed a couple of DVDs of the Avengers TV series. Pretty sick. <laughs> I mean, because this movie fetishizes VHS pretty hard. Absolutely. I mean, oh, from arg- the opening credits. Arguably, my favorite part is the opening credits. Mine too. Is, that was my favorite part yeah, too. Which is just this super like very eighties yeah. blue lit close ups on like the the in interior workings of a VCR and a VHS opening up. And they ripped off our theme song, which I'm very upset about to probably send a cease and desist. Yeah, (laughs) they do a very 80s, like, synthy John Carpenter kind of score, which I'm kind of sick of movies doing. Steve and I talked about this recently, but I dug it in this credit sequence. It was cool, but it didn't... Bright pink lettering, love the colors, and nothing else in the movie lives up to that. (laughs) It doesn't, but also that opening credit scene doesn't really set anything up, except that this movie is a loving homage to yeah. the 80s or right. the early 90s right. which uh, homage which homage. I mispronounced it I'm surprised you guys a lot of callbacks in this episode I'm, I'm surprised I'm detecting so much hate for this from everybody I should love it I yes. mean, theoretically theoretically like, you should love it but I don't like things like I don't like Stranger Things I think it's bullshit I mean I'm going to offend some people by saying that like I don't like things that are like purely rooted in nostalgia and borrowing uh, the tropes and the styles of things I don't even. think it is I don't I think it wants to be but it doesn't do a good job I mean let me be clear I hated this movie but also I think that it's nostalgia <laughs> it, it has that nostalgia vibe in the credits and then it mostly drops that like there's not a lot of that vibe in the movie itself yeah I agree there's a lot this movie is all about Stranger Things is totally consistent well yeah unlike this film which we'll I, get into I like that Stranger later. Things for the most part yeah it's fine I, I, I'm, I'm okay I haven't talking seen it so no spoilers. no spoilers no spoilers yeah. no spoilers no. Um, Winona Ryder dies oh sorry did I, I say that I, did, I will, it's a joke it's a joke I she doesn't die I will fucking kill you oh settle down she doesn't die <laughs> okay well that's a spoiler too fuck you oh my god oh, well wow. speaking of nostalgia though like this whole movie is like people talking about the fucking past as well which is mm. just a so boring to get through. There's like a solid hour yeah. of character building all in right. this film. Listen, no, all right. It's a while. There's a lot of that. And then there's a while before the first like mediocre horror scene happens, which is just like he's in bed and he hears something, he gets out of bed, he sees a shadow, whatever. It's it's stupid, right? Sure. And unrelated to unrelated the plot to line that comes up later in the film. Completely unrelated. But that happens at the 20 minute mark. Mm-hmm. Until for, so the first twenty minutes, it's exclusively character building and yes. establishing this town. And I actually thought that was refreshing. Maybe it's just because we just you know watched Bedeviled and a bunch of movies that haven't put a lot of effort into kind of character. But I did feel like I knew the characters and sure. that they took time to kind of set them up and what was going on. And I was like, great, I'm on board with this. I'll I was see too. Where it goes. I wasn't turned off by any means. I think Patrick had a stronger reaction to sort of the the the, the slow pace of this film based on conversations we've had. Yeah. But I I didn't dislike it. I thought, like, okay, this is what I expect. It's a low-budget horror movie. I assume they're going to save a lot of the good stuff for last, and seems like they probably did. But for the most part, like, for the first 20 minutes, I was like, I'm fine just getting to know these characters. And the acting was pretty decent, you know? Acting was great. I disagree. Oh, Oh, yeah, I strongly disagree. disagree. Oh, wow. Strongly. Wow. The main protagonist, Gordon, the, the brother that we're supposed to... 
I don't know. Identify we follow with. him the most. And he's the worst. I, I can't believe that he's he's got 30 credits on his IMDb, and I don't know who really? the hell would pay, pay him to act. It's just not. He's not good. And I, I'm sure it was purposeful, and he was going for this, like, very, like, I don't know, monotone. Oh, that's very generous. Yeah. Oh. But it it just it didn't come across well, and I I didn't empathize with this character at all. I didn't care about him at all. I cared more about the 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 um the other characters. Yeah. Supporting the characters. brother was I thought he was great. He reminded me of great. Emil Hirsch a lot, like a lot of his like tics and his like facial movements. Ugh. He has this like great way of looking like kind of like shaking his head back and forth and looking like dopey. Like like wait, what just happened? Like I I, I thought he was pretty fantastic well, for a low budget movie like the this. main yeah. character i i didn't think he was compelling but he i didn't think he was a bad performance i thought that was oh. the character the character was just a guy it wasn't bad it was just mediocre to me it felt like just he's a he's playing an hour mediocre character well, this whole movie is amateur hour i mean it's a first feature but no i'm with you i i, I felt that but also i was like you know for a movie you like can this, find a good actor for a first feature listen he's playing a character the actor is playing a character who's like basically like a finance guy that's fine i understand the character little humanity and has like alcohol problems and is trying his life is in shambles and he's probably depressed but you can Dude, stop talking about me chris <laughs> <laughs> but you can play that convincingly and in a way that convinces me that you are that character and this didn't this seem like a, a, an actor trying poorly to portray that character? I'm sure it could have been done better. I guess that's the kind of the problem we've had with some of these other movies where they give us a character whose main trait is he's kind of numb to everything. Yeah, yeah. that's how it feel, felt to me was that he was like, if I'm giving him credit for his acting abilities, is that the character is supposedly removed. But for me, it just came across as a really piss poor acting performance yeah. yep. you know i gotta say though patrick i'm gonna challenge you here because you Ooh. made the same argument for kate bosworth in two films oh, and i feel yeah. like she's playing characters who are numb emotionally removed she shows no range as an actress but you still believed her and i think that's kind of how i felt about this guy i was like yeah it could be better like i was never impressed with him but i just felt like you know for what this movie is and like what this character is it works it's not as bad as anything bedeviled i feel like i know people like him I mean, I don't sure really I take do. that as a challenge. It's all subjective, you know. I mean, I responded. I thought Kate Bosworth came off as an actress giving a decent performance as someone who was fairly numbed and subdued by the conditions of circumstances around her, kind of like me on this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm having a great time. And this actor in this movie came off as a poor actor playing a pretty thinly written character. I think the burden really lies on the script. Yeah. Even more so than the acting. Like, I, I feel like there's just not a lot of subtext here, really. It's it's a lot of just kind of not a lot of anything that, for a while. That actor doesn't have a lot to really work with. His character actually is seems to be defined more by the other characters around him. Yeah. Strangely enough, uh, like the last film, I watched this twice. I did. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm so happy. I'm sorry for you. And I listened to it once. And I felt, strangely (laughs) enough, the both viewing times, I the first time I was very, very bored and couldn't couldn't 
stay engaged. The second time, I forced myself to stay engaged. And the, the third time listening, I actually felt that the, the main character was more compelling without watching his face. And I, I don't know what that says about him, but He's I felt... He's got a face. Just, <laughs> he does have a face. But listening For to radio. Him, <laughs> no. no, I felt like he might be a better... It feels really shitty to say, but he might be a better voice actor. Oh, we've said worse. Oh, don't God. worry about it. I'm sorry, man. I mean, but, that's the character, though. The character is like your typical like impotent finance asshole who has no soul. Impotent. I kind of like that he's got very just sort of like we're we're really breaking this guy down. But I like the thick glasses and the lazy eyes. Like his eyes just seem so like dead. Like they don't really see anything clearly. I mean, again, whatever. We can agree or disagree. I didn't have any problems with performance. We do disagree. That's That's great. Well, we wouldn't have a conversation if that wasn't the case. So. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh. Wow. By the way, that's our again our offer code for bloody disgusting to get even freer free content. <laughs> also, you can probably get a Lisa mattress for like ten percent off if you use HGTGM. Just FYI. Well, well, the other characters we should explain. It's a small cast. Basically, it's him as a strange brother, yeah. the main guy's girlfriend Margot, who shows up and she's you know the life of the party. She's having a great time oh she's a hoot yeah would love to party with her yeah. just kidding she's boring as fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. she's nice enough to each his own she's nice enough um and then there's you know some supporting villagers who don't really matter they're there to die villagers <laughs> is this the ritual <laughs> i wish townspeople it's, like, it's it's a it's a town it's a city not a village the only other real presence in the film is uh what's her face well, there's a junkie character as well. Well, yeah, oh, but, but, but what, what, what's the actress we were talking about? Oh, Barbara Crampton. Yeah, yeah. Barbara Crampton. She's the face of this game, Beyond the Gates. But you put this VHS tape in, and she's black and white. She's got, you know, very smoky eyes, lots of mascara, and she's mm-hmm. kind of ghoulish looking and like Vampira or Vira or something like yeah. that. And she instructs you on how to play the game. Right, we'll play a little clip of that. You'll get the idea. To collect the keys and unlock the gateway, a series of challenges must be undertaken. Failure to do so will turn your souls over to our world. There's supposed to be some sort of goal or something? (laughs) No idea. Obtaining the four keys allows passage beyond the gates and a return to your world. Only there can your father's soul be saved. What the fuck? Yeah, so what's clear from that is that this game is not ordinary. She's directly addressing the people playing it. They're freaked out by it. I would say not freaked out enough. No, No. not freaked out enough. Yeah, no. I mean, not quite like bedeviled levels of not being freaked out enough by the weird shit going on around you, but still, yeah. Well, I I mean, one thing I kept in mind, though, I gave this film some credit for... I'm glad there was no there were no overreactions in this movie that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Like they are trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with their dad. So like they're kind of distracted by that and hoping that this will offer some kind of clue. So they seem more like intrigued than terrified by yeah. what's happening, which seems fairly natural to me actually. Yeah. I think they should have been more terrified as some of the horrors persisted. I don't know, as they started to play the game, I don't want to spoil anything. Um they should have been more scared, and I felt like they weren't. That's a good point, because it's easy. Like, if I played a VCR game and the VCR started talking to me, 
I'd be like, that's weird. But also, I know that I don't live in a horror movie, so I probably wouldn't take it seriously. I'd probably be like, really? If the if the VCR was like straight up calling you Chris and like responding to shit you said, is it that overt in this movie though? Yes. Yeah, I mean they wow. they like she mentions like details about like where they're sitting and what's going on in the room. That's oh, okay. Thing. Yeah. Okay. He, they asked her direct questions and she answered. Well, yeah. Wow, yeah. another parallel with the last film we watched. <laughs> <laughs> She's the Mr. Bedevil of this movie. I yeah, think. yeah, this is just... But, but pretty. But she was great. Everything that happened with the board game, I thought was great. And anything I didn't like about this movie can be chalked up to the movie just not sticking to that premise very well. That That's kind of your key, and I'm taking that on in my yeah. evaluations of an, any form of art or entertainment as well. Like, stick to the premise. Like, I came here for a reason. It's called Beyond the Gates. It's about a board game. It takes so long before they begin playing the board game, and then there's, like, a longer break before anything really comes of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's really, like, the last half hour of this movie is jam-packed with, I would say, straight-up horror and fantasy before that, it's kind of like a Duplass Brothers movie. It's like Mumblecore. Oh, totally. oh wow. <laughs> Mumblegore. Oh. I did not coin that. But oh, no, you didn't. Bad. That's a term people use, apparently. I found that out. No, right. yeah, it's just these two brothers fucking hanging out and like mumbling. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wasn't even trying to bring it back to Mumblecore, but yeah, just kind of mumbling to each other about fucking their missing dad in the video store. That's all fine. That's all fine. Like, you know, I... Fine I, is a well, really general it's a term. No, yeah. Hold on, though. No. Hold on. What I'm trying to say is you can invest in the character development and all this stuff, and I'm with you for a long time with the assumption it's going to pay off into something. Or with the assumption that the characters are going to develop, which they don't. You right. you and Steve have both described this as character development, and I don't really see any character develop. I, I mean, I know what you guys are referring to, and I'm not actually taking issue with your use of the term, yeah. but I'm more trying to point out that those characters don't develop for that 45 minutes well, that's when the nothing payoff. is fucking happening. That's the payoff. What I'm saying is you can... I will sit there and watch two brothers having a conversation for 20 minutes if the scene itself is good. And the most of the scenes in this movie that hey. involve that are good but i'm waiting for it to pay off into some reason why i should give a shit yeah and then this movie doesn't give me that no well can i just say it takes a half hour before they even find the game that's the main premise of the film that it's titled after yeah yeah yeah. you can't even you don't see the game until a half hour into the movie and then they don't even start playing the game until like 45 minutes in i'm glad you clocked that i was I trying sure to remember did. i was trying to remember i absolutely did it I, was way too much yeah in my second screening i was <laughs> showing it to my fiance and we were watching it and i said now just to let you know that now that they're starting to play a game we're over halfway done with this movie already he's like no way paused it watch the the <laughs> timing 45 minutes in over halfway down with the movie. Here you go. Here's the action. Oy. That's awful when you put it like that. This movie really sets you up for the pacing because that opening credits scene, you see the slow churning of the tape on a VHS. But the music know? is upbeat, <laughs> and I'm in like, oh my yeah. God, I'm kidding. Right. I'm being facetious. But yeah, no, it does set you up for this to be like a banger of a like a throwback a movie. A banger movie. And it's not <laughs> at all. It's it's uh, It's got more in common with Jim Jarmusch than Stuart Gordon. I mean, this is a it's a it's a lazy, lackadaisical movie for sure. Up into 
up until a point. I, I don't know if I would call it lazy. Uh, lazy. It's got a lazy kind of like relaxed vibe to it though like it's not interested in giving you a lot of information quickly it's doled out over a long time through conversations between the two brothers for a solid apparently 45 minutes they didn't even crack that box open until then yeah box that's an impeccable condition for being there since you know whatever the 90s well it's a magic box oh okay It's implied. So no dust, no nothing. Well, because they go on the the little junket to the creepy antique store. Oh, junket. You know, where it came from. We can talk about that maybe for yes. a second. Yes, my favorite performance in the whole movie, the antique store My owner. least favorite performance oh, in the whole the movie. Oh, get the fuck Me and Chris Holy are on the shit. same fucking page yeah. here. I thought this guy was so over the top. No, just like, He must have winked at the camera. Miss He's Cass. no love for yeah. it. He's known for his camp. I looked him up. He's known for the campiness, and that's probably why they hired him. What he actually he, registered I, as a fucking personality, unlike those fucking brothers or anyone I mean, else in the movie. I don't think he was Barbara worth Crampton. anything, yeah. and I thought he was hilarious because yeah. he was so fucking uh. campy. But that's, I guess, what they hired him for because that's his that's his forte. It was when I looked up a couple reviews. He's played of by this. Will Forte, to be clear. That's <laughs> Will Forte is the antique dealer. <laughs> no. Okay. But, he could have. But the two Would've names that they said for here was the barber chick and, and this guy, Jesse Martin, I think. Oh, hold on. Uh, I almost don't want to know. <laughs> just go ahead and go ahead and talk. I'll find <laughs> okay. this. Well, so what you're saying is that he was deliberately chosen for camp. I believe so. I mean, I can't imagine oh, any other circumstance. So. Yeah. How could they have him in there and not? I just thought it was I like, mean, I knew it was sort of camp, but. Jesse Merlin, who was toiled Merlin. in. Yeah, Merlin, like the, like who was toiled wizard. in numerous campy stage and screen stage. horror musicals. Well, I wouldn't call his performance wizardly by any means, but cool name. All right. Well, that brings me to my main complaint with this movie, <laughs> which is that it is just a tonal clusterfuck. Like, do you understand? Does anyone understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no, I, like, while watching this movie, I was thinking, like, okay, well, obviously this is marketed toward the horror crowd, because it's got elements of horror. Yeah. But it's not a horror comedy, because there is no much, comedy. There, there are a couple of attempts at comedy, but they're naturalistic. It's like, well, people sometimes say things to each other, make them laugh, but there are no jokes in this movie. So no. it's not a horror comedy. It's not a horror film until more than halfway through it. Right. Up until then, it's barely a drama because there's almost nothing at stake, or they fail to remind us that there are things at stake. I, I don't know how to even classify this. Well, there's which is kind of admirable in some ways. Gore for gore's sake. Right. Almost. Yeah. You have these like. I hated that. Like I said, you have 20 minutes of like estranged brothers trying to like sort out their shit, packing up their dead dad's VCR videotape store. VHS. VHS VHS store. There you go. And then you go into this like kind of spooky, mystical board game world. And then you go into like this gore sh- shit where it's like super campy heads, exploding. heads exploding so baseball so, bats you know, blood it's everywhere just all played for like gratuitousness not even played for emotion just like look at what we do we make heads explode here's what i have movie? to say about the head exploding wait you only have one thing to say i have only one thing to say oh, actually incredible. about the head we should exploding. have a sound do you have that. one and a half yeah. things to say oh. Um, you know, Chris said we go into this mystical board game world, but I would disagree because we don't. That was what I was waiting for this whole time was for the the board game world to kind of take some 
hold over the real world in like a Jumanji mm. sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for something more fantastical to happen. No, we, what we get is like a shitty like haunted like high school haunted house or something oh by the end God. of it. And so when the head explodey shit happens, I was like, <laughs> you know, I just laughed. I was totally it was, into it. it was I was funny. like, you know, yeah, sure. Give me something like fucking to react to because I've just been watching people <laughs> talk to each other and watch a fucking TV. <laughs> like finally I had seen something shocking and sort of entertaining and so I was all about the head exploding. Give me the scanner I hated it. I hated it. It just gave me flashbacks to like Boondock Saints. Like, let's push a toilet off a building onto somebody just because it's edgy and fucking funny. I felt felt the same way, but I was also like, well, I'm glad something's (laughs) happening like that I can react to. I think Patrick phrased it perfectly, but also it was like not what I came for. I was hoping that this movie could have somehow balanced what happens in the end with what leads up to it into some sort of like tonally consistent whole that's like moody, kind of funny at times, but still keeps the spooky horror vibe. And instead, it's like like loud, quiet, loud. It's like the Pixies. It's like (laughs) you get like mumblecore for 45 minutes and then like a little show shot of horror that's like super obnoxious and then back to the mumble core and then the horror is even louder after that until it ends so you end up with a betrayal of the 45 minutes of mumble core yes which actually works by itself because there's nothing after it that pays it off and it wasn't great but i feel like if like it had been made by more assured hands it could have i was i was into it like you know you have like the subplot which is subtext for a long time about how our main character is like a recovering alcoholic who beat his girlfriend. Sure. Broke her arm. Deep shit. Deep shit. And they don't even really come out and say that. They hint at it enough so that you're interested and you're like, oh, I think I know what's going on here. And then you they come out and say happens. it later. It's but, not really a spoiler. You kind of know what right, happens. Right. I was disappointed that they said it overtly because I thought it was oh, right. well done when they were hinting at it. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, who cares? That means nothing in the end. It, it uh, absolutely means nothing. I, I made a note in in my notes that el- the alcoholism was, like, just completely unexplained. I mean, they, they tried to explain it, but I feel like it was just an added detail and, like, unnecessary to the plot. Let me try to give it some benefit of the doubt. I don't want to get into spoiler room territory, but by the end of the movie things happen and you get the sense that maybe the journey they're going on through the game is helping them cope with aspects of their life that Mm. resulted in their problems today. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe. I think that's what they were going for. That's what they're going for. I don't, can't say whether or not they achieved it quite yet. You might have to have alcoholism in your family to understand this movie. Uh, uh, Oh. I do, and I didn't understand this movie. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. So, you know, we talked a lot about we're beating around the bush with spoilers. Why don't we review it, go down to the spoiler room afterward, and uh, get into a little more detail. Sounds, sounds, sounds yeah, like a plan. Sounds great. Sure. Sounds gate. <laughs> wow. Let's get so. beyond those gates. Mm. Perfect. Sam, would you view it, cue it, or screw it? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I definitely came today... Wanting to just say, oh, yeah? screw it. Oh, yeah, secrets. <laughs> uh, screw it, fuck it, damn it. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, yeah, definitely screw it. I-, I thought it wasn't worth my time. The- definitely the first time watching it, I was so bored. I- 45 minutes to get to something exciting. That's just not worth anybody's time. Don't waste yours. You're saved. You're welcome. Done. Next. Patrick. All right. 
I would also say screw it. I, I man, I, I was just so enthused about this going in. I really wanted to like it. I was really in, intrigued by the concept. And I don't know, maybe my expectations made me more disappointed in it. Maybe if I had just seen it knowing nothing going in, I would have said, eh, cue it, it's okay, you know, whatever. But it was just a huge disappointment. Totally failed to deliver on what was a really interesting premise to me. Chris? I've been thinking about this all day. I don't think this movie deserves universal screw-its, but I have to give it a screw-it. I'm sure there are people out there who will like this movie if they watch it, but I'm not one of them, and I thought so much of it was boring that I can't recommend anyone put it in their queue even. There's an 82% tomato meter. Really? 82. Wild. It was a hit on the festival circuit, too. I mean, like, in the horror world, people love this movie. They love this director. I think they kind of take it with a grain of salt, and they're hoping that he... He's working with somebody pretty high-profile next, and I can't remember who it is, but... I mean, this is a classic example of, I would like to see what this person does next. Yeah, me too. I think. It won an award at Los Angeles Film Festival. I'm sure it's won a a bunch of... Like, this seems like the kind of stuff that, like, really is, like, above the usual bullshit that premieres of these things, but it's, you know, yeah, it's the, not perfect. The stuff that involves the board game and what's your face on the TV is good. I liked all of that stuff. The character stuff was fine. I was into that too, but at the end of the day, it's just boring as hell. And then it all pays off in like juvenile gore bullshit that I resented. So screw it, I guess. Fuck it. Steven, I, I really wanted to give it a cue it, but the more I'm thinking about it, screw it. This reminds me of the sort of like those like macho horror or like hybrid movies like uh like Bellflower. I don't know if you guys have seen that. That was kind of a big thing through oscilloscope. But it's, but it's just like so fucking broy and like doesn't really have any original ideas or what little it does have going for it that is original, it doesn't deliver on. I will say, I watched this movie in one sitting, guys. Oh my oh. god. Never was I bored. Okay. But always hoping that it that it was going to pay off, and then when and this I, was the second time you watched it, right? Uh, the first time was very passively because I wasn't oh. interested. I didn't even watch the whole thing the first time. But this time oh. I was like, you know, I'm gonna sit down, and really give this thing a shot because I've heard so much praise. You know, love Barbara Crampton, love the concept. Never was I bored, but I am so disappointed that I paid attention to the nuances of the characters, even forgiving the somewhat mediocre performances and the lackluster directing, only to have a head explode to tell me I'm supposed to be paying attention like 20 minutes before the end of the movie. Yeah. It just it, it becomes so juvenile that I was actually offended and, mm-hmm. and felt like the film had affronted me. Like It was almost like calling me out <laughs> in some way for having stuck through it that far, expecting more than that. You know, with all the cool things happening in horror movies, like, you know, The Witch and, you know, all the... The The the, Vavitch. Yeah, and like A Dark Song, like these (laughs) movies that we've discovered that that are really nuanced and like teach you to be scared in ways that you'd never really experienced before in a film. I expect a film of this caliber that has this much of a high profile to be smarter than it is. And it's, it's dumb as fuck. Screw it. <laughs> it dumb as fuck. <laughs> it dumb as fuck. Well, I was kind of talking to Patrick about this today in coded language, but we have these movies like this where it's like, if they were just going to go balls to the wall, the whole movie and give us a head exploding movie with this 80 score and the, the style of this movie. Great. But yeah, they Be are, that. Yeah, but the director is like, I have this 
somewhat nuanced interpersonal drama I want to communicate, but also this like bullshit juvenile evil dead shit to communicate, and mm-hmm. they just don't work together. He should have made two movies. I love the the head explody shit, but still fuck this movie. No, I mean it was hilarious. Both would have worked in their own movies, but together, no, no bueno. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to go in the spoiler room, I guess. Talk about some more head explodies and in more detail. If uh, you explodies, if you give a shit, we're going to talk around. more. We're going to talk more about the great deals you can get at bloodydisgusting.com if you just enter the code. Amon. Hopefully, Greg fixed the air conditioning down there. Jesus, <laughs> I don't think he did. All right. Well, we'll see you soon. Otherwise, go watch the movie by yourself. But don't say we didn't warn you. See you soon. (laughs) Hey, welcome back. We're here. We're all here. We all made it down to the spoiler room. And fucking Greg still hasn't fixed the air conditioning. You know, it's hot as hell. But you know what? Are we in the spoiler room to be comfortable, or are we in the spoiler room to talk about spoilers? Can I be comfortable and talk about spoilers? Is Not that a thing? Can't we have both? Well, you didn't come to the spoiler room to be comfortable. <laughs> I don't know. What is that a reference oh, to? Oh boy. I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought it was something. Girls. I don't know. Get the get off my back. Like this. What do you want like from this me? movie? The spoiler like movie takes I, brass I, balls. I, <laughs> <laughs> what is that supposed A-B-S. to be? A B S. Always be spoiling. A always B B S spoiling. Always be spoiling. <laughs> I'm gonna win the steak knife set, you guys. All right. Um, I don't know what there's to spoil about this movie. I guess the main dramatic crux is that. Our heroes, their dad was an alcoholic. Um, he's dead. He died. Abusive. And I don't know if he's died, but he's damned. He played the game and he's in the, the netherworld. Yeah, his soul is gone, basically. And he's possessed by some demonic force. But yeah, his soul is gone. And I so call that dead. They Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so they have to save his soul. D-E-D. From damnation. Yeah, so how do they do it? Fuck if I know. <laughs> there are some keys that they have to get. I just looked at Sam. <laughs> through the game. Yeah, I've seen it three times. She's so got notes upon notes. She can explain this. So the game requires them to acquire four keys. The first being the drifter, which is a friend of one of the brothers. And they uh, yeah. have they found this voodoo doll in the backyard. And huh. the keys in the middle of the voodoo doll. The voodoo doll is a- attached to this friend drifter friend and so when they rip open the voodoo doll their friend gets ripped open at a bar and blood and guts spill everywhere it's this is one of the gory like head exploding moments we were talking gore about gore and obnoxious with intestines flying everywhere and um and then they get their first key the second key is inside the brain of their police friend who comes after them with a gun. He just goes batshit for no apparent for reason. For no reason. Yeah. Other than just I, I guess he... wanders into the yard he, with a fucking... Sh- what is it? A shotgun? He did some sort look, of gun. see that watch the tape being played and had an adverse reaction to it. Adverse reaction to it. Uh, or he had, you know, a headache. So... <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like a headache. I guess the headache evolved into a homicidal tendency. And so they, they find this statue thing... 
which we don't, it doesn't make any sense. They find this thing in the garden with a key in it. They pull the key out and their Fred's head explodes. So then they get the key out of the head for some reason, out of the, the gory head. Now they have the second key. The third key is attached to the girlfriend. Well, I want to stop you right okay, there. Okay, yeah. Because the third key, because they're flipping over these like tarot cards as they play the yeah. game that kind of give them a hint of what to expect. And Yeah, because so, they look exactly like the people that are going to die and somehow right. they don't seem to realize that. Right. They don't seem to realize that. So they're playing with these little like tchotchkes and like fidgets and things and then like horrible <laughs> things happen and people die. Tchotchkes and fidgets. <laughs> yeah. And then the third card is the maiden who's clearly our... Oh, yes main character's girlfriend and we are by everything we've seen we're like she's gonna die like they're gonna kill her to get this key yeah and the people still decide to go ahead and play the game and she doesn't die but i just had a hard time accepting that they would actually turn over that card and continue the game knowing that she was on there and that she was but probably going to get head exploded. The way that they did it, the way that they laid it out, they didn't really get a choice. So the way that the third card played out, because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, they're not going to do anything for them to, to sacrifice her life. And they even said, like, he wanted her out of the house. Like, you need to leave. I don't want you around the house while we're playing this game. But the way that the card is, is that they led her down to the basement where the gate is, and they basically took her soul over to the other side while they were sleeping. So it wasn't like they had control over her actions. It just happened. Yeah. And, and she, she got off pretty easy. <laughs> she sure did. So her soul got possessed by a demon or whatever. And then they had to go. So her sacrifice of her soul gained access to the third key. So they had the third key even though she's possessed. So they restrain her while they go in search for the fourth key, which does anybody else want to step in? I don't even remember no where the fourth key was. I don't either. The fourth key was inside the the possessed father's heart. Oh, so he had to yeah. stab his dad in the heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, with Basically, the dagger. Yeah. Stab him with the dagger, pull out his heart with his hand, and then the heart transformed into the fourth key. And then they all, they win the game. And everybody lives. This movie actually at several points reminded me of some of the Saw movies. Because you have like kind of a, you know, a commanding force talking through a TV. Telling you basically <laughs> that you have to kill your friends to get keys to survive. Yeah, a little, yeah. And, uh, but it seems so arbitrary. I, I don't know. It was just, it didn't turn the dial. What, what else can I say? Yeah, well, I mean, the violence is played for pure shock value almost. Yeah. I would say almost comedy, it seems to I be agree. at times. And I was not, I didn't, I was not excited for any of these people to to die, ostensibly. I mean, they do end up living, but like, you know, the junkie and the cop, I'm like, I don't know enough about how I feel about them to understand how I'm supposed to feel when I see their head explode or their intestines get pulled out. Mm-hmm. Well, by comparison, that's something that the Saw movies do much better for sure. all their faults. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I really, I mean, I did not like the direction this movie took. I felt like if it had established itself as kind of a gore, freak-out kind of movie in the beginning, I might have been along for the ride. It comes so suddenly, so late in the film, and affects characters that I had grown to kind of appreciate in some way, or at least, like, not feel entirely indifferent toward, that I, like, I, I, I don't know, it felt cheap to me mm-hmm. and lazy, honestly. And for what? They end up with these keys... 
there seems to be an attempt at like an absolution motif where they have this alcoholic father who's a demon now and by killing him they both conquer their own demons mm. and their own fear of their father and their own <laughs> alcoholism and uh, but really that's that's a lot of it's a lot of stuff to shoehorn into the last six minutes of a movie and expect it to work well and can we talk about the actual ending ending yeah that's what i was gonna oh horrible yeah yeah it's just like some guy walks into the thrift store and meets my favorite character the thrift store owner again and gets the game again I thought it was going to end. happening again. I thought it was going to end with them leaving the house and happily yeah. ever after. And I was like, that actually works with this movie. No, but it had to end with, do you have anything from the 80s? <sighs> Jesus Christ. Do you I, like board games? <laughs> we don't need that. We don't need that at the end of the movie. It's like it's a obligatory the devil thing. Ended. Like, it's just exactly. like, oh, it perpetuates uh-huh. itself. Yeah. It's still alive. It's right. still out there. Like, there don't could don't be forget. Sequel. Yeah. It could happen to you. And next time it's going to be a DVD, though. Then we're all fucked. Um, it's really one of the most lazy... Or a download. Oh, ooh, ooh. that's scary. A downloadable movie. It's really one it's of gonna the be on most Netflix. common and laziest horror movie endings. Like It just reminds me of the ending to the original Nightmare on Elm Street, where you have right. a cathartic character moment, and then it's like, oh, Freddy's the car. Totally Freddy's arbitrary. There, you know? Just like, yeah. Has there ever been a horror movie that's worked well? No. No. Not that I've seen. Where it's the, oh, never mind. The thing is still there. That's the ending. I'm really, I know. It's like if you're going to do the Jacob's Ladder thing, you do it like somewhere in the second act and then you resolve the storyline later. So it's like, oh, some of it was a dream, but it wasn't all a dream. And now it's definitely not a dream. Yeah. Like, or even not like it's a dream, but just like you think it's the the whatever the antagonist is has been vanquished, but it's coming back. You know, Annabelle. That Carrie, can work. actually, I will say, Carrie is a good example of well. Annabelle. That's that can a work. Shock ending. Carrie. All right, and there's a lot of X Files episodes. Going back to the X Files, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a lot. Most X Files episodes end with that sort of, oh, it's coming back, but it's it fits. It fits yeah. the, the mood and the, the science of the episode or whatever grammar of the episode it was just you know a betrayal what else can we say <laughs> well tell us how you really broke felt. my heart well, just bit, broke my again heart. you know you invest in these characters for 45 minutes when they're doing the character stuff if you did even that and, yeah. you thought it was serious i thought it was serious it was just memes though <laughs> <laughs> it's just someone wanted to show us a jelly face exploding i mean these endings always kind of sort of seem to communicate the idea that like well it could happen to you mm-hmm. if you're a dipshit who goes into an antique store and asks for something from the 80s like it's just, <laughs> that get what you deserve uh, yeah exactly fuck it well apparently Damn this it. is what Screw we deserve yeah. this kind of movie oh well speaking of games anyone know what we're watching next week no i, know, but I hear I we're don't. gonna play a game to find out though yeah i want to play a game to find out it's time to spin the wheel of oh, death dude you have to do that like jigsaw I want to play a game. There you go. go. The rules are simple. You spin the wheel. If your name comes up, you pick the next movie, and your friends will die. Anyway. Patrick, Steve, and Chris, you spent your entire life spinning your wheels. Now, to save your life, you'll have to spin (laughs) the wheel. Oh, All right. Uh, Well, uh, Steven won last time. So I get to spin. He gets to spin. So, uh... All right, we're going to bring out the wheel, and we're going to see who gets to pick next week's episode, Let's whether it's me or me Sam doesn't get to play. I don't get to play. But, all right, all right, it's spin. 
Oh god, I love this part. I love this. Oh so my riveting. gosh, what is it gonna be? <gasps> oh fuck! Oh, wow. land on me! Oh fuck! I have to look at my list of potential candidates right now. Oh, it must be present to win. What if I? What if I give you guys a choice between? <laughs> don't my, give us a choice. No, you don't want a choice. You. No, this is all you. What's the point of it? All right, fuck, fuck. You said go, your Patrick, you said go. your number one fear was it's, it's losing Patrick. your autonomy. Is and now <laughs> you have full autonomy. <laughs> Use it wisely. The, nice, the wheel came on nice. Patrick, by the way, we should say. We, yeah. we didn't. I'm going to go human centipede. Oh, my, oh God. my fucking God. I'm yeah. going to kick your ass. Wait, have you seen it, Chris? Yeah, I've seen have it. You seen, oh, you've seen it? I've seen it. Steve? I've never seen it. You guys might need two guests next week. <laughs> uh, fuck. Fuck. Have All you right. seen it, Sam? I have not. You All right, you know what? It? I take it back. No, you can't no, take I've it back. It. I've seen it. I fucking hate it. Oh, why are you doing this to us? Just because I was curious to see what people would say. Oh, I've already seen it. I'll tell you what I thought. It was horseshit. <sighs> All right. You know what? I'm going to go with... I'm raw, really torn between raw, two movies right raw, now. Raw. We've talked about Raw. All right, Patrick. Pick up that Steve's pick. What's your, mo- what's your movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Don't Kill It. Don't Kill It? That sounds awesome. I don't know, I know what it is. Dolph motherfucking Lundgren is in it. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's going to be good. Dolph Lundgren oh, in Don't Chris Kill is It. Sold. Let's go. That's all I want to know about this movie. That's next called episode, Don't Kill It. Next episode. I don't know exactly what we're going to do, but we won't be killing it. Oh, it I will not wait. be wait, does it, it will not be killed. Does it follow? I don't know. It might follow, but it will not be killed. It will not be killed. I mean, it might be killed. They're telling us not to kill it, but I'm guessing it gets killed, and that creates more problems. But don't, don't. It's the title is not kill won't it. kill it. Oh, okay. I my imagination's running wild. You shouldn't kill it. The movie's not going to be nearly as good. I don't as know well. anything about it. It's pretty well reviewed, I think. Dolph Lundgren is Dolph in it, who I Lundgren. love, and the title is fucking great. So right. don't don't Here kill it. But if it dies, it dies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kind of, kind of like how Rocky felt about Dolph Lundgren and Rocky. IV. That's the that's the reference. Yeah, because because he when he's beating Apollo, he says if he dies, he dies. Oh, uh, okay. Spoiler alert for Rocky. IV. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> well, I hope you all come back in two weeks when we watch Dolph Lundgren's "Don't Kill It." <laughs> but he directed it. Right? I can't wait. <laughs> it is. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren is not tour. He's a multi hyphenate. Yeah. Directs, stars, okay. produces, writes, he got, boxes. He got. Boxes, gifts. Yeah, yeah. Boxing by Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, can't wait for next time. Until then, see y'all out there on the internet, maybe. Otherwise, we might troll you back. We might troll you back. You know how it goes. Remember the offer code? Yep. <laughs> but uh, that's all we got. So for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. I'm Sam. I don't even know who I am anymore. I'm Steven. You're Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> I'm Dolph Lundgren. The American don't kill auteur. Me. <laughs> auteur. Where's I Dolph Lundgren? Don't kill it. I don't, I don't, he's probably not nearly as foreign as we think. All right. Well, bye, everyone. He's foreign enough. Bye. 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 <laughs>